Hello and welcome to Unidentified Wargamer. Each week I interview a wargamer and identify them in the hobby. This week I got on with me the amazing Joel Graham. Joel is a local legend in the uh, the Australian scene, so it's good to have him on. How you been, Joel? Wow, um, that's a great intro. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, no, I've been good. Um, it's sort of downtime for tournaments over here for us, so um, been enjoying a bit more, a bit more casual sort of games and and the sort of the break and yeah, just just chilling out. It's good. Mm-hmm. And what sort of have you been working on over the last sort of few months or so? Um, well, the, the Skaven book came out and, um, and did indeed. <laughs> and I'm on, I think, my third Skaven army because I keep selling them and regretting it. So, um, <laughs> been plugging away at some rats, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. How are you going with the army? Are you sort of up to a stage where you're ready to put it into a tournament or are you still just working out the, the kinks? No, no. I'm pretty, um, my first tournament experience, I took a not fully painted army and, and I felt really bad doing that type deal so now I'm, I'm pretty on it with making sure i only use painted army so um i smashed okay. out 2k points pretty quickly and um now just adding on all the um all the extras when i want to chop and change yeah okay fair enough nice how many, how many points of scaven you got floating around then oh god <laughs> um i have oh well I, I restarted the army when the book came out i'm probably over 4k already so yeah okay. i don't muck around <laughs> i'm out of my own heart with the old scaven yeah I've, um, I've been enjoying them on the table. Um, they have their struggles here and there, but I've been quite enjoying them, especially with trying to build armies where the sculpts are, what, 30 years old and everything's out of stock. The out of stock is an issue, but um, but I love the old sculpts, so I'm more than happy okay. to use. Yeah. What about twain, paying the 20 bucks a, a, a model for the for the five-man acolyte unit? Yeah, that's where I draw the line. That's, that's 3D yeah. print. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Awesome. Well, what sort of brought you into the hobby then? Um, so I think similar to a lot of people, um, when I was a young fella, my my grandfather, um, he was like really into his hobby trains. Um, mm-hmm. So he had a basement under his house that would have been, you know, oh, 20, 30 meters long. And he had a track that went around the entire wall of the basement. And um, he spent like 20 or 30 years just working on this one train wow. landscape. So he was, yeah, like really into it. And, um, sort of rubbed off on me i'd spend a lot of weekends there and watching him tinker away so when i got to about 10 it was about 10 or 12 um he took me to the hobby shop with him when he was getting some train supplies and um had a bit of a walk around and um there was a wall of warhammer and there was a lot of uh chaos space marines with um really badass looking dudes on the front of the box so i saw those and i was in love straight away so granddad gave uh grabbed me a few of those and mm-hmm. took them home and um painted them terribly like everyone's first models when they're 12 years yep. old and um it's like a little bit but obviously back you know then we obviously not working or you only get a piece here and there when um when someone will buy it for you so didn't go crazy into it had you know 10 12 dudes and then sort of lost interest um sort of got pushed into sport by mum and dad um we all yep. went crazy for sport and um yeah left it till i was about uh 30 just before i turned okay. 30 i think i got back into it um playing a lot of computer games and wasn't finding that so rewarding wanted more of the social interaction um that type of thing i think pretty similar to a lot of people so yeah something online or maybe on facebook like hang hang on i used to like that and um watched a couple of youtube videos and then yeah full on addicted again like like a lot of people i think so yeah no you fell into the hole yep down the rabbit hole very very deeply (laughs) yes it's a deep hole that one it just sucks your life away that's it What, what sort of army did you get into at the start then 
Uh, the thing that drew me back in is I didn't mind the Nurgle stuff, and then I saw Archeon. And um, okay. I think this was only at, not too long after the um, the new Archeon model had come out. And obviously, I didn't know I was just jumping back in, but I saw that, and I was like, oh, my God, what is this? This is amazing. <laughs> um, so when I bought him straight away, the first model I ever painted was Archeon. So oh, that's a, that's a daunting model to start on, that's for sure. Didn't do myself any favors, that's for sure, but um, I don't yeah. do things in halves. So <laughs> um, yeah. sort of par for the course for me, but yeah, jumped in. Um, jumped on Archeon, found, found a net list online because I had no idea what I was doing, so I thought I'd just copy someone's list and, and bought all the models around it and um, started from there, really. So it was an Archeon, basically. Yep. Was that um, Fantasy or was it just the start of Age of Sigma? No, no, this would have been 2018, 2019. Um, okay. The first Border Wars. I think that was 2019, so it would have been in the start of 2019. It's, um, yep. it's hard to remember where everything is uh, with COVID now. I've lost the track of, of time with everything. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's very confusing. You think it's been like a year and it's been two or three, and then you think it's been three years and it's been six months. It's just <laughs> yep. all over the place. And did you stick around with the, the Slaves of Darkness for a while, or did you sort of go on to other things? Um, I, I seem to chop and change a lot. Um, I, I I get bored quite quickly, so I'll play one army for a little bit and then jump onto the next thing and swing back around. But um, Slaves are definitely my, 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 my first love and, and still my main love in in Age of Sigma, I would have I would have close to 10k points of slaves, and um, wow. and they're still my favourite army. Absolutely love them, man. Yeah, I bet you're very keen for the end of the year, then. Oh, mate, I've um, been a bad boy buying slaves, and I really need to be saving all my penny cut slaves release because it's looking uh, looking pretty big, isn't it? Oh yeah, some awesome models coming out there, that's for sure. I think even people outside of not playing slaves are going to pick up those models. They just look, they're like hopefully they're not like Sunesh. Where um, they're great looking models and the, the rules let them down. And everyone was keen to buy them until they saw the rules and they were like, oh, okay, <laughs> maybe I won't buy that army then. Yeah, that's right. I'll, um, I'll be buying them regardless, but um, it's always nice to have good rules and future models, right? So, Yeah. Did you find it was quite hard to learn the game chopping and changing so much? Or was that sort of part of your mentality of playing the game? You love to be able to just play with everything? Um, I think... I kind of learned a like a base or a foundation of how to operate each army, and um, and I find I learn by by doing as well. Probably the, the way mm-hmm. I like to learn the most. Um, so I think it's actually worked quite in my favour doing it that way. Um, it's not a cheap way to do it, but um, but you know you can do a bit online these days, or whatever else, and um, and you know I, I I think it's actually quite helped me doing it that way because um, gives your base foundation. You know, a lot of armies have similar play styles, so. Mm-hmm. And once you've played a dozen or so armies, you sort of got a baseline idea for how a lot of things work. And then it's just the nuances yep. when you chop and change, right? So, yeah, I found yeah. it quite quite rewarding, actually. Okay. And then what sort of play style did you lean into then once you've played with all these armies and you found out what works best for you? Um, I like armies that ask a, a lot of, or make your opponent ask a lot of questions and make a lot of decisions. Okay. Um, I find that I have quite a good brain for understanding what is a good trade and what is not a good trade and putting um, models and units in the right position on the table and mm-hmm. then gaining its small advantages over the course of the game that way and then, and then winning on points. Um, yeah, so okay. That's how I describe myself, yeah. Yeah. And then what sort of... Would that lean you into more of like an aggressive play or you like to be sort of reactive and offering a lot of questions that way? What, what sort of, in terms of that way, would you lean... Uh, my preferred would definitely be aggressive. Um, okay. 
I've heard people talk about this before, but making your opponent make more decisions and giving them more opportunities to make the wrong decisions over the course of the game or you're just playing your game um, yep. is going to come out better for you more, more often than not. Um, but okay. I do like to play aggressively, but I've, I've definitely played armies where you go the other way. Um, for example, I've, I've been playing beasts a little bit and I find I like to play them quite passively for the first turn or two um, mm-hmm. because obviously there's so many points kick in and the extra rent kicks in and et cetera, then your army really starts to yeah. take off, right? So, Yeah. It just starts going crazy from there. I've, I've been on the uh, receiving end of that army, that's for sure, plenty of times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about it? <laughs> oh, it's rough. Yeah. <laughs> At the start, you go, oh, I'm not going too bad. I've killed like a, this block of ogres or or whatever else. And then they go, oh, now, now the ren kicks in and everything just dies. <laughs> like my 65-point unit have ren too. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's um not what you expect later on, that's for sure. And then the summoning as well on the back end is of your army just out of nowhere. <laughs> and then they mint stuff as well because they've got so much more rend. Yeah, it's yeah. quite a strong sort of style of play, that's for sure. I've actually quite noticed over the last sort of few episodes and then hearing other people that the more aggressive play style seems to lead to a lot more wins out of players. Would you reckon that's what you've been in your experience in general? Oh, absolutely. Um, but I think on, on that note, you have to be aggressive in the right way, right? You can't, yeah. you know, everyone's, Oh, not everyone, but a lot of people have seen the Iron Jaws Alpha where that dude just pushes his whole army at your turn one, right? Um, yep. And it might work, but once you learn to play around it, um, screen correctly, then, um, you know, put things behind your front screen far enough away so we can't pile into you, then that doesn't work so well anymore. So um, I think it works as long as you do it uh, in the right way, which comes with experience. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And learning sort of what models you need to take out of your opponent's army to weaken them. Yeah, you know where where to go, what, how to position yourself. Um, yeah, what, what what to worry about, uh, what to send in, what not to send in. It's just all um, knowledge and experience, I think, and having a bit of game mm-hmm. sense. Yep. And at what sort of point in your Age of Sigma career did you decide to sort of start getting into tournament gaming? <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I bought Arkeon. I bought the two K army around him. Um, yeah. And about three months after that, I went to uh, my first tournament, which was Border Wars. Okay. And my first game at Border Wars was my first uh, two-day tournament, was my first ever game of Warhammer. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so straight away. <laughs> I, di- I dived in the deepest of deep ends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and apparently it works. I'm still here. So I, didn't, um, I wasn't too daunted. I got scared off. So. <laughs> yeah. How, how did your first tournament go then? Look, not the best. Um, my, my, my army was painted enough but just barely and um and i didn't really understand how serious that was um because i obviously never played a game before didn't really didn't know anybody um cause i was living sort of out bush at that time so i was nowhere nearby mm. i could get a game um so i didn't really understand how how much a big of an issue that was you know so i kind of yeah. i've kind of felt bad after that and i don't think i've ever taken an army that's not painted through any events or even many games since then um mm. so i learned that way but um I went one and four, so for my first five games of Warhammer at a tournament, I can't really complain with that. But um, yes, yeah, no. certainly, um, <laughs> certainly got some hard lessons in that um, in that event, but they stuck with me. Oh, nice! Yes, it's definitely. I don't think I've heard someone jump that deep into the pool before with uh, Warhammer. Um, that's very much in extreme, I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah, yep, <laughs> yeah. And did you find? You obviously have obviously stayed in the scene, but did you find that was the greatest thing you've sort of experienced with like the hobby and stuff like that? Just jumping straight into a tournament. 
Oh, I definitely wouldn't recommend it. Um, like you had like you know good good support around when I mm-hmm. when I did that event. I had a few people you know come up and talk to me and offer some advice and stuff. Um, but no, I definitely wouldn't recommend it. I would have done it differently if I could do it over again for sure. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. It's uh, very wild, that's for sure. And then sort of, you've obviously kept going to tournaments as well with that. When did you sort of like jump in with a gaming group and things like that from you being in Bushside? Um, yeah, so I went to that Border Wars. Um, actually really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Um, I'm a very competitive person. So um, even though it was my first couple of games, I went one four and I'm like, I could do better than this. Um, I yep. think I think I get this game, um, and I put a bit of time in. I think I'll get there. Um, so after that tournament, um, you know, the first couple of games, you have a wander around the event, see what else is on the tables, and and saw someone else with a Skaven army on the table. Like those guys look awesome! <laughs> like holy shit! Like rats with guns and swinging giant weapons around and demon rats. I was like, oh my god, these are amazing! And obviously, that was pretty soon after the first second Ed Skaven book came out, so they were doing quite well at yep. that point. Um, I was like, I enjoyed RK on, but I think I'm going to jump on these guys and give them a real crack. Uh, okay. So after that, I would just end up buying about two and a half K escaping and um, and cracking into those guys. And this was around when contrast paints came out too. Um, so they were mm-hmm. very quick to paint up with contrast paint. Um, so I got them on the table and ended up going to uh, Bush Bash with about two K escaping a few months later. And, um, my second meet me so my first five games this was games six to ten and I went four one and finished fourth I think um, <laughs> so I sort of sort of clicked with me pretty quickly um, actually yeah. yeah it seems your brain must very well click with the way that Age of Sigma plays to pretty much have ten games and you're on five and five and a four and one in a tournament um, I don't think many people out there could say that that's sort of their record or that's how they got into tournaments. Yeah, no, it was a very unique beginning, that's for sure. Um, but but had a yep. lot of fun. Um, you know, I played a lot of strategy games growing up, so things like uh, Age of Empires, which I still play to this day, um, mm-hmm. and several other computer games and, and board games. Um, I think translate quite well. Um, yeah, some some skills. So I played a lot of that game. So you know, I had a had a bit of an idea for the strategy, etc. Um, and when I went to that bush bash, that was with the Measured Gaming Boys down in Bendigo, and um, and we had a social thing on a Saturday night, so around at Tyson Gleason's place, having a barbecue, having a few tinnies, and um, had a good chat with those boys, a bit of a laugh, and they sort of took me in after that. So joined up with the club pretty quickly, yep. measured gaming, and um, and sort of been with them ever since. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yep. And with sort of your army choice as well, are you sort of a person that will pick up an army that's strong or an army that's sort of lower on the table and want to try and push yourself and raise it up that way? Um, I think I'm a bit of both. Um, definitely seeing like strong armies on the table when you play against it or, or you might watch a bat rep or, or hear someone talk about it. You're like, yeah, that really interests me to do this and to do that. So, um, I've definitely done that, but at the same time, I bought armies that I like to look over the play style that went so strong and, and tried to push them up. Um, mm-hmm. but no, not really answering the question real well, but, um, I think, I think, You're good. <laughs> I think, I think a bit of both. I just buy what I like and the play style that I like and, um, and if it's really good at that time, that's what I might, you know, rip it out for a tournament. So, yeah. And I suppose because you played a lot of armies, you sort of know what playstyle suits you best, and you're able to pick up and sort of it leans into how you want to play the army. Yeah, we definitely, um, unfortunately, bought those armies that you put them together, you put a little effort into painting them and getting them ready, and then you put them on the table, and you're like, 
I don't think this is really for me. I didn't really enjoy that. Yeah. Um, so I've been through quite a number of armies in the game, and um, obviously the ones I've enjoyed is, is, is what has stuck with me. So I think mm-hmm. I'm up to about 11 or 12, which is wow. a lot more than I ever uh, thought I would get. But um, hey, yep. I love the game. So. Yeah, and you're a bit of a buyer seller then. You sort of don't hang on to them and you just sort of get rid of them, or you find you've got a few passion armies outside of the slaves that you sort of keep around. I used to buy and sell a lot. Um, but I've I've sort okay. of stopped that last year, year and a half, and just kept what I've got and sticking within what I've got now. I think so. Um, yeah, yeah. It was it's 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 a wild ride that one to be on the buying and selling all the time and building and painting and, yeah. and then moving it on and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I find um, these days I get quite attached to models that I built and painted, um, especially when you put a lot of yeah. effort into them. So um, no, I sort of find now I'm just sticking to what I've got and trying to make that work. Okay. Yeah, that's what I've sort of noticed as well. Was like at the start, you sort of get three or four armies going because you just want to play all the armies, and then you sell off the two that you've not really played, and you've kept like your one passion army and the one army that you're enjoying playing at the time, and you go, "Hey, I'll put like a hundred hours into like five or ten sort of units," and you're like, "I'll never get the money's <laughs> worth of time that I put into them to ever sell them to get that back again." Absolutely, man. Yep, absolutely. It's a um... It's it's it, like I said, it's a bit of a rabbit hole that one as well, and um, I've pulled myself out of that one thankfully. But um, yeah, you got to got to be careful yep. with that. You definitely do. Yeah. And what sort of other armies you've been playing? So you've got you're back into your scaven. You've played slaves. What sort of other things have taken your fancy in the last sort of maybe year or so? Um, so my real love in Age of Sigmar is chaos. Um, okay. I have every chaos army. Um, love all the lore, all the models. Um, yeah, I just like being the bad guy, really. Just, just, just being the classic yep. bad guy. Um, so I play demons in 40k as well, so it's good that you can sort of translate between both games. So I've got a quite a large mm-hmm. collection of, of demons for all the chaos gods. But um, and um, back in the day when you could take Archeon in each army and he would properly benefit from being in each army, so I yep. sort of collected each chaos army around Archeon. Um, yeah, okay. so I've got all the chaos armies. Um, yeah, recently started Bok earlier in the year and scaving. I just wanted to own every Chaos Army because that's what I really like. Um, I've got yep. my Orcs, so I really love Orcs. I've got a 40k Orc Army and an Age of Sigmar Orc Army. Um, I used to play World of Warcraft back in the day and I always play Orcs. Um, but I, just, I just love yep. Orcs and the idea behind them, the way they look and, <laughs> and just, just crumping dudes and being an idiot, a big green idiot. and Yeah, good good times. Yep. Um, and I have a sneaky Fek Army and a sneaky Deepkin Army. So... Um, <laughs> I think it's might been at the point now is pretty much what armies don't you have? Well, I'm, I made a rule for myself. I have, you know, one death army, one order army, one destruction army, and then all the chaos army. So I think now, okay, uh, fingers crossed that, that that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Until the next army comes out, I suppose the next actual new yeah, release. Well, chaos dwarves are coming soon, aren't they? So another chaos army. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. So you've got a lot of armies, you've got a, been to a lot of tournaments. Have you got a favourite tournament that you've been to? Um, I, I love every tournament. Um, I just love the experience of going away with the boys and, and you know, just the whole experience yep. of travelling interstate or to, even within the state just to a different area and that whole experience. Um, but my favourite event for me would have been Sydney GT earlier this year. Um, that okay. one sort of really stands out, out to me. Um, it was the biggest event I've won, so I think there are uh, 80, mid mid eighty ish players, so so quite a large one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I took the deep into that one. Um, I really loved it because um, 
Dave Kerr's not going to like me saying this, but it's, it's, it's not, <laughs> not to talk myself up, but um, I had to play Dave Kerr in that event. Um, and Dave's been the best player in Australia for a number of years now. Um, so, so I beat yeah. Dave on my way to winning that event. So it really felt like I've earned it because I beat the best of the best to get there. Um, and yep. for, for winning that event, you got a Forge World trophy. So I've got one of those proper big oh, resin, this nice. amazing Forge World trophy. So that's it front and center of my shelf. Uh, really proud yep. of that one. Yeah. So I'm sure um, Chris and James would be uh, thrilled to hear that from you. That's for sure. Well, this was a uh, Mag- Magro's event, but. Um... <laughs> oh, so, oh so, yes, yeah, sorry. So, yeah. <laughs> I just heard Sydney. And I'm like, oh, it's Sydney Slaughter. But yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well, well i'm sure magro will be proud to hear that then well i won chris and james event too so they you know that, that that's yeah. it right next to it <laughs> yeah oh that's cool that magro is able to get um the forge world trophies because i don't think many tournaments around sort of are able to get those things out of gw anymore no it's that's it they're, they're pretty rare these days i think he's got a few connections so he um you know he he gets those trophies and um oh they're yeah it's amazing they're such a beautiful trophy and they certainly mean a lot yeah. because of how rare they are yeah yeah and have you got a favorite tournament game? Just that one game that sticks out above the rest? Look, I'm, I'm not real good at this. I, I was having a good think about this before. Um, <laughs> I keep saying I'm going to start a um, like a diary and write all my games in so I can go back and have a look. Yeah. Never have. And I feel like even if I did, I'd probably just sit it on the shelf and never open it again. But um, So yep. I can really only go off my recent sort of events. Um, and the one that stood out to me was um, Border Wars this year. Um, so that okay. was a 40, 50, 50 player event um, in Albury um, on the New South Wales Vic Border, um, run by Matt Terrell and, uh, and Nick. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, it was quite a, um, again, there was a lot of really good players at this event. So it, was, it was quite a tough event. Um, and my game four, I come up against Sam Morgan. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, one of the, one of the better known players in the Australian scene and um, obviously a world player and, and has done really well. Um, so I knew going into it, it was going to be a, a really tough game. Um, I've played Sam previously before. Um, they've always been absolute ripper of games, great time. Um, they've always been quite close. Yep. Um, so we head into this game. Um, I'm playing IDK. He's playing Legion of the First Prince. Um, I think it was a list he ended up taking the world as well. So um, really good list, really good army. Um, mine wasn't too bad either. Obviously, IDK have done all right. Um, it was the hero capture mi- uh, mission. So when you got the three across the middle and you you have to get your hero on there and they hold it till they die type deal. Um, yep. So I had an Achillean King. I had a Idolon of, of Mathland of the Sea. And I had uh, Lotan, um, affectionately known as Brotan after this game. <laughs> so I zoned off the middle and the Achillean King pretty well and sort of sent Lotan off to one of the side objectives on his own just to maybe a, maybe a turn, even no turns, but just hopefully die to something that wasn't a hero so they couldn't take control of it, right? Um, because mm-hmm. the hero had to actually kill that hero with attacks to take control of it that turn. I had to wait till the next one. Um, so I send yep. Brotan off to this objective, and um, <laughs> I think Sam ends up putting, you know, probably over half of his army into Lotan. So he had Belakor on him, he had Furies, he had Demonettes, he had Bloodletters, he had Plague Bearers. He was, like, full-on surrounded. Um, and he ended up sitting on this objective for two turns without dying. Um, <laughs> it was just amazing. He was making his saves and his ward saves like an absolute G. Um, yeah. You know, best day ever on the second round and um, and lived. And it didn't. It took till the next turn when um, 
the third turn when Sam used the heroic monster action to stomp and kill him. And uh, Sam at the time didn't realize that you had to kill him with melee attacks to take control. So I didn't use any ward saves and let him die so he couldn't take control of it. And um, and (laughs) Sam realized he'd fucked up pretty bad. Uh, Sorry if I can't swear, but... um, You're fine. He messed up pretty bad there. and, And I was... Yeah, sort of that was just amazing because he held out just long enough. I think I won the game by three or four points in the end. So... Um, if he didn't clutch it okay. out there, I would have lost the game. So, yeah, he's he's definitely earned the nickname Rotan for me. Yeah. I remember Lotan used to be the worst of the worst for IDK. It seems he's uh, bumped up just a few notches. Oh, mate. He's, he's 115 points. He's just insane value for what he does now, um, especially yeah. with the FAC ruling that when they did the FAC and, and ruled his ability to work outside of the tie turn. It's, he's mental for 115 points. So good. Yeah. He's great now. Like, I still couldn't believe that. He went from this dude who done nothing to this absolute bro now who just does everything you need him to do. They've well and truly um, buffed him up to a point where you sort of want to take him in most lists, that's for sure. I think I saw him like once as a meme, but literally never saw him ever in a single yep. list at any tournament. And now he's in basically every single one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, that's so good. Especially since it's just like things you wouldn't think of being the melee attacks. You just throw a stomp in there. And then he's just survived just enough till the stomp came through, and then it just cost him even more points, and then cost him the game. Yeah, no, it was it was so clutch, man. Like he should have should have died three or four times over by that stage, but no, he just he refused he refused yeah. to go down. Just rolled those five up wards like a G, and um, and just yeah, clutched it out for me. Yeah, and so with all your sort of tournament experience and all your tournament wins, what do you reckon has been sort of your recipe, and allowed you to sort of reach the top of? essentially Australian leaderboards and winning all your tournaments? Um, the thing for me is um, I have like more time than most people, free, free time. Okay. Um, so I think that having that extra time because I'm, you know, I'm the kind of personality where I'm, when I'm into something, I'm like full and obsessed. So like almost mm-hmm. all my time and energy goes into that thing. Um, so I feel like I have more time and energy to put into thinking about um, my list, about what I'm going to see about how to beat certain things, you know, researching and remembering certain units and combinations of what they do. Um, so having that, yeah, that, that extra bit of knowledge has definitely helped. Um, yep. And the thing I noticed playing a lot of people is they don't spend the time to stop and think. They will, if they'll be under pressure or they'll have decision paralysis or they'll just, they'll just rush into their turn because they're so excited that they want the priority role and they want to have their turn. If they, they don't spend the time <laughs> yeah. to stop and, and really, you know, survey the board, see where things are, what what's happening, you know, what can I do, what can't I do, um, where should I put things, they'll, they'll just get right into it. They won't spend that two to five minutes at the start of their turn to really yep. stop and, you know, evaluate the game state. Um, and I think that's mm-hmm. one of my strengths is I'll stop and spend that time and really think about where, where everything's at and what, what's where the game is going to develop from this situation. Um, yep. and, and, you know, I find that over the course of a game, I will make nearly, not, not, not obviously you're never going to make 100% the right decisions, but I'll make majority of the decisions I make will be the right ones and I'll make more right decisions mm-hmm. than my opponent that will help me um, get the win. Yep, especially when you're putting pressure on your opponent with your play style. If they make a wrong choice, it's going to royally sort of fuck up what they have to do 
Whereas you're being so aggressive, if you make the wrong choice, it's not going to be as detrimental, I don't think, to the overall game if it's a smaller choice. Absolutely. And and, and even if you make the wrong decision and, and you throw away or you lose something important, don't show it. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are say, oh, fuck, you know, all that. I'm, I'm screwed now <laughs> or oh, no, what have, I, what have I done? Or you're going to see it on their face. And yep. um, and I think another big tip is, yeah, don't, don't show it. Be like, yeah, I don't care. You know, that was meant to happen mm-hmm. or... That's not a big deal type thing. So, or, or you can go the other way, and it's some useless unit, and then you make it out to be some <laughs> massive thing, <laughs> and you go, "Oh no, I've made the wrong choice." And then they sit there for five minutes thinking about what's going on. Like, where, where's the error? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the best things to sort of pull because it just confuses them. You've not done anything wrong, and you, they're just sitting there mulling over where's this issue that's come arise, and there's just nothing. <laughs> Old mind games, eh? <laughs> yeah. And especially when some people, they stress a lot over their games. So you can really sort of get in their head straight up from, from the start of the game. Um, and you can just they can just see it on their face that they're sort of struggling with the match. So being able to put pressure on with the mind games is always nice. Have, um, have you played Michael Clark before? <laughs> no. <laughs> it is, yeah, that's all that goes straight to my head. Say that. Poor old, old yep. Clark, he's a bit of a stress head, so... Uh, if you can get into <laughs> we it have our bit. own. We've got hoops. We've got hoops. Oh yeah, yeah. I played hoops before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I see that. Yeah, yeah. So that that's our fun for our thing. Um, and what would you sort of say to a newer person then? You obviously you're saying sort of spend the time and sit down and and focus on what's happening with the turns. Have you got any other sort of more information for a newer person to want to up their game? Um, no that that is that is honestly my my number one tip. Obviously before the game starts and that type of thing, really get an understanding of your army. Uh, I'd, I'd recommend definitely having focusing more on your army if you're still learning it than your opponent's army. You need mm-hmm. to know your army inside out before you can start worrying about anyone else's. Um, I see that a lot of people before a game, they'll just ask a lot of questions. Um, they will really focus on what, you t- what, what your army does and what it can do and, and they'll lose sight or interest of their own army or they don't fully understand how theirs works. So why are you asking all these questions when you're not going to understand the interaction in the first place? Um, yeah. okay. So, so I'd say, yeah, definitely focus on your own army first and learning that inside out. But then, yeah, just spending the time. Um, sit back, take the time, study the board. You've got, you know, 2.45, three hours, depending on the tournament. Uh, use all that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that time is there available to you. And especially the first couple of turns of the game, yeah, that's when most of the important things are going to happen. Uh, so you definitely take that time. That, that's my number one tip, for sure. Okay. And you obviously get a lot of reps in with your armies as well to sort of know your rules inside and out? Not as much as I'd like. I, okay. I, I'm getting a, I probably average a game every two weeks, but not a lot. But I okay. spend a lot of time thinking about the game. Um, you know, I live on a farm, so I'll be out in the yard, you know, chopping wood or, or digging holes or whatever whatever it is I'm doing. And most of the time yeah. I'm doing that, I'm either listening to content or or thinking about interactions or how my army's working, what can I can chop and change to improve this or, or change that. So most of it for mm-hmm. me is just, just a lot of thinking time, really. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And do you think you've got a bit of a strength in writing lists as well? I wouldn't say it's my best strength, but I do really enjoy it. I like seeing mm-hmm. what, obviously I like seeing what people have come up with um, previously and seeing why and how their list works and then maybe, you know, change, or change it to suit me or something I think might work a little bit better. Um, maybe based on the matter I'm going into, or or yeah, it would suit my play style a bit more. I do, but I do spend a lot of time writing this. I do. It's probably apart from the games and, and the social aspect. It's 
definitely one of the things I enjoy most about the hobby for sure because 90% of our time is spent either painting or thinking about the game, not actually playing it, right? So, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well and truly know that, that's for sure. And do you think there's sort of anything lacking in our maybe competitive scene that you think would be sort of something that you want to sort of increase or either be maybe a grip with the game or a grip with sort of certain aspects of tournaments or something like that you think would be something you'd want to see changed? The thing, uh, especially with this new edition of the game, uh, I think they've made certain parts of the game complex for complexity's sake, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like you can make, you know, simple, easy to understand rules that still have quite a lot of depth to them. Um, Things that are, you know, simple to understand and pick up quickly, but um, have a lot to them when you really start to explore it. And I feel like they've sort of missed the mark a little bit. Um, with this current version of the game. It's, it's just a lot of complex things that are mainly based on you remembering all these little bits and bobs and interaction uh, rather than based off your decision and you know interacting with you and your opponent's army, um, if that makes sense. Okay. Yep. So would this main sort of thing be the battle tactics that each army has would be a great example? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's one of my gripes with 40Ks. I, I find 40Ks more of a knowledge game than a decision game. It's just... Can you remember everything your army does, everything your opponent's army does, all your stratagems, all their stratagems, etc.? So there's each army has like seventy stratagems, and there's more armies than AOS. So can you remember twenty, you know, twenty seventy stratagems over twenty armies, like over a thousand stratagems? And those blokes that yep. have like that photographic memory that are just going to remember everything and every interaction because they're like I don't know, fucking insane. <laughs> 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 they're going to have the advantage, right? And it's it's the same sort of thing with battle tactics, right? Um, we're up to how many armies? About 25 armies, and every army's got three to six battle tactics. There's got to be over 100 of them in the game. Um, mm. And even that's quite a lot to remember, I, I find personally. So it's definitely added a lot of bloat for, for bloat's sake. It's, I don't think it adds a whole lot to the game. I yep. think you can play on the core one. You'll have a lot of really good interactions and, and hard, complex interactions with your opponent based off just the, the GHB ones, for example. Um, so yeah, I definitely yes. agree with your point on that one. Um, and just just rules like um, like proving grounds, for example. I just in half the games I've played, don't even remember the rule, or it, it's mm-hmm. not even important. But then other games, it like completely warps the game, and I yep. I don't find it really adds that much depth. It's not a huge decision making point. It's more of a did you remember and how much does it affect your your army compared with your opponents? I don't think it adds a whole lot personally. Um, yeah, so just little things like that would probably be an example. Yeah, I could definitely see it being a massive hurdle to get new players into the game at the moment. That's for sure. There's too many complex things, especially with the battle tactics. Is my main thing at the moment as well. I have a big gripe with them, but because they're so drastically warping for a game, if you've got a new person coming in, they're probably going to lose majority of their games because they don't know enough about the battle tactics or your army's battle tactics or their army's battle tactics. And when they're scoring nearly half the points now, that can drastically win you or lose you a game just on them. Well, they, they walk into a game, they might go to a little one day and they play an army they haven't seen before and it gets to turn mm. four and they're pretty close on points and, and they think, oh, I don't think I can do any of this turn. And then their opponent turns around and says, oh, I'm playing big wild. I've got twenty four. Bi- I've got 30 <laughs> big wild points. I'm going to do my big wild battle tactic. Oh, I got it, got it for free with, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, yeah, yeah, they're not going to feel great walking away from that because they, and they had no idea their opponent could do it. Probably so. 
Mm. Um, absolutely, man. Yeah. And even if you asked your opponent what battle tactics they were, because there's so many, you're just going to nearly instantly forget them because you're still focusing on your own as well as your own battle tactics for your own book. Like, I have not liked them being in the game. Um, I definitely like the core ones. And I think a lot of people said the first sort of lots that came out, they didn't warp too much because they were so drastic and hard to get. And I relied on, like, lucky dice rolls. But now which was everyone's fear is they've come in and they've become so basic and easy to get. A lot of armies have just free gimmies. Absolutely. And you see some armies still don't even have any. So like, yeah. how's that fair on them, right? So, Yeah, I was looking at my gits. I'm like, what ones can I do? I'm like, oh, I've just got the core rule ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can do. <laughs> oh, ogres. Yeah, poor old destruction seems to get the short end, right? Yeah, it seems to be always the way. And have you got any tips on things you uh, maybe outside of the maybe a gripe, but something that you think would be a great improvement for the game? Well, for the game itself, yeah, or for even tournament scenes or any sort of things that you think would be great for our scene or, or game experience. Um, the one I've been thinking about recently is why is there no doubles tournaments in Australia, and and why is there yep. one team? Uh, I really wish that there was more doubles and teams event, um, specifically mm-hmm. now in. Australian scene. I'm not sure what it's like in the rest of the world, but for us, it, it seems to be all match play singles every event. So well, you've spoken to the perfect person about it because I was speaking to Gabe last week about it, um, and he was like, "Come speak to me." He wants to increase people's doing teams, like because like the, the, his tickets just sell out so quickly. He is like, "It's never going to affect my tournament and not be a premier tournament if there's other team tournaments around because so many people are keen to get into them." And then same with the doubles thing. There's no doubles tournaments here in Australia. Like there's just one team's tournament and that's it besides the singles. Um and I think in the UK and America, you hear of team tournaments all the time, double tournaments all the time. I I'm with you there. I would definitely love to see more of these non just singles tournaments yeah i'm not i'm not sure about if you know um feel the same growing up but all i did growing up was play team team sports you know playing playing Aussie rules playing basketball whatever other sport i played i was always in a team so for me i get i find it a lot more rewarding to compete and and do well and just and just share that experience as a team or even as doubles so i i I definitely i've only ever played a some reason the 40k scene in australia there's a lot more teams event um, I've okay. played a couple of teams events in 40k and absolutely loved it, even though I don't love the game of 40k, especially compared to AOS. But just mm-hmm. that experience told me that, yeah, how amazing would it be if Age of Sigma just had more doubles and teams event? That would really, I think, yeah. um, add a lot to the to the events calendar for us over here. Mm-hmm. Will you be coming to Runex then? If I can get a ticket, man, I've got a team. We've just got to get a ticket okay. now, so I'm super pumped. Yeah. yeah, really keen. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'd be keen to see you up here, that's for sure. If we can get a ticket as well <laughs> for our team. <laughs> that's that's, a worry, that's the, the, the main factor. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you just spoke about before, why do you think you enjoy AOS more than 40K? I touched on it briefly before, but I find uh, 40K is, is a knowledge-based game. So it's, it's just remembering... Well, everything your army can do and the interactions it has on the table, especially with things like mm-hmm. its stratagems and, and your opponent's army and stratagems. It's not about making the best decision. It's about knowing what they have, what you have, and then plotting your course through the game based on that. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas I think AOS, it's probably changed a little bit in third, not quite as much. Uh, second was definitely the golden era. But I think the game is a much more decision-based game. So 
even from the get-go, seeing your opponent's list compared to yours. Uh, a lot more of the rules are obviously in the War Scrolls and and your army abilities. It's not, and it's not a million rules. It's it's basic rules and then how they interact with your opponent's rules. So where you put things and do things on the table, it's it's, it's all about decisions compared to knowing more. If, if that makes sense, I'm, I'm trying to think of some examples, but um, but it's definitely I find it's a, it's a much more decision based game from from my experience playing the, playing both of them. And mm-hmm. I've had, I'm sure everyone's heard this before, but the 40k scene is just, it's not, it's, the people aren't as good. Like, there's, a, there's okay. a lot of shit blokes in the 40k scene. Um, when you go and play AOS, every game, you have a game, and or not every game, but most games, you know, you'll, you'll have a bit of a chat and get to know the person beforehand. You, you yep. might have a really, really hard, you know, focused game, but after you finish the game, you'll stop and have a chat and get to know them and where they're from and what they do, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And, I haven't had that experience in 40k, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Enjoy. That's so weird that the game has seemed like that. Like it's the same IP, well, not the same IP, but made by the same company. Very similar interactions. You would think it would be a very similar scene, but it's wild that it's not. Yeah, just in my 40k experiences, you rock up, you play the game, you shake hands, they walk away. It's like, okay, well, you know, well, <laughs> I know your yeah, name. Okay. I don't know anything else about you, but yeah, um, yeah, and Sigma is definitely different. I'm very thankful that that we have a yep. scene like that where you can you know, spend the time, get to know people. And, and now I could go to a tournament in any state in Australia and I'd know people there and be able to catch up for a beer and see how they're, you know, yep. talk to them about their actual life, not just the game and, and how they're going and things like that. So, yeah, I do love the AOSM we have here. Yep. Yeah, okay. It definitely seems to be, I was speaking to a lot of people, their main pool and their main stay in the hobby has been the scene and the community that pops up around Age of Sigma specifically, obviously, like as you just said then, I don't think most people would hang around in a scene if all you get is a hello, my name's this, and then you're off. Like being able to talk to the people afterwards, sort of learn about them and make friends with them. Because that way, next time you go to a tournament in the area, you can come up to them and say hello to them and chat with them like a friend because it's how you've made a friendship already. Absolutely. Like um, I'm, I'm a quite an introverted person and I, I do struggle with the, with the social side of things at times. Mm-hmm. So it's good to have, you know, the medium of the game to sort of um, facilitate and begin that conversation. And and once I get to know someone, you know, like a little bit, it's like they're your best mate. So I'm definitely yeah. appreciative that um, that it seems like a lot of people are very similar as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely appreciated that you can just go up to someone and go, oh, how's your game going? Not even know them or have any sort of fear over asking the right question because everyone loves sort of talking about how their game's going especially when they ask you that question back. <laughs> yeah, everyone wants to talk about their army and their game, don't they? So. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you were saying AOS 2 was like the golden part of Age of Sigma. Why would you say that over AOS 3? What what sort of part of AOS 2 th- made you think it was like the better option? Uh, in my opinion, it was a much more um, objective and movement-based game. Okay, yep. <laughs> That's where I'm going with it anyway. <laughs> I found like I had the ability to... There was a lot more opportunities for me to outsmart and outplay my opponent, um, mm-hmm. and the game was not so focused on like if you, if you have if you read the, the the battle tactics and things like that, which obviously become half the points in your games. You really have to focus on them. Almost all of them are, are rely on you to kill something, or yep. you know to to not to not let something die, etc. Um, so fine, it sort of incentivizes people to really want to take arm, like really high damage armies that can. It can really, uh, you know, really punish the opponent, kill them really quickly, etc. Uh, 
in my head I'm thinking of things like long tracks and fulminators. Um, yep. Probably because I play a Stormcast. My good mate plays Stormcast, so I play them all the time. But yep. <laughs> uh, th- things like this. Um, whereas before, I-, I really thought it was a lot more enjoyable and more rewarding to have a movement objective focused game. Um, okay. Yeah, sort of. You 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 want to lose the game in your positioning and your movement, which and I really enjoyed yep. that a lot more than how fast can I kill my. Mm, yeah, because yeah, I've definitely liked in a ways too, where you had the movement shenanigans won you games. Whereas I, a lot of my armies, like the zombies or things that get pile in extra bits and pieces, you can sneak back objectives or you could play for these sneaky little things where I find you don't get rewarded as much for doing that in Age of Sigma 3. And I find that is a bit, a bit of a letdown for me personally as well. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, how are you finding the old zombies in? third at the moment oh I've, I've ditched them out of AO in the 3.3 they're gone um, on to Skaven and maybe Gits <laughs> yeah I've, that's because uh, they blow up now they, they don't last at all I've got a mate who started Soulblight a uh, month or two ago yep. and yeah he's been really disappointed with them as well he's having the same type of experience yeah they, they've lost what they had um, and a lot of death armies are the same I mean Nighthorns had a big upgrade with the thing but they're all GV units so they all just their only saving grace is their, the ability of a person can roll a four up. Um, but a lot of the horde armies, it's definitely not a horde meta because hordes just die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And so that is my playstyle. I was, before it was officially announced that we were sort of supposed to be in the horde meta, I'm like, oh, I've been playing horde armies for the last two years. I want to come off them for a little bit before it goes into where they're supposed to be strong. I'm like, oh, I'll just run more of an MSU sort of soul blight list. And then I'll jump back on the hordes when it's the season of the hordes. And then when I got ready to jump on, I read all the rules. I'm like, it's not the season of the hordes at all. It's pretty much the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't there. I was a bit disappointed there. Kind of like last edition, where I was, oh, the monster edition, but here's all these points for killing monsters. <laughs> yeah. And if you didn't have good monsters that done stuff to get you the extra points, well, then you're just down on points already there. It was very much some armies just have all the answers and some don't. Yeah, GW, you know, GW make me really question things sometimes. Like, do you guys oh, really yes. know what you're doing? <laughs> I think the the major thing right now is a purple sun that costs nothing and just destroys the world. <laughs> yeah, it's so frustrating. I want to get my more crusher out, but now all my, you know, yeah. all my turtle out and the IDK, and I'm like, hmm, maybe not. <laughs> One sixth of a chance and it's dead. Yeah, it does. like it's, it it's, feel good. There's no skill involved. There was nothing involved. You just rolled, managed to roll poor dice. And a lot of the people that I play semi-regularly with have poor rolling skills and roll a lot of ones. <laughs> <laughs> so they're primed for this meta, that's for sure, with the Purple Sun and the Conspine. Yeah, they'd be uh, loving it. It's wild. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely wild. So I've, um, I'm a bit disappointed at the moment with AOS 3 and I've definitely fallen back a little bit from it. Um, I'm enjoying other board games. Um, I've been really enjoying the Marvel Crisis Protocol. For oh, yeah. aforementioned yeah. reasons, everything seems more even, uh, and the game seems quite balanced. And rewards, like you were saying before, it has the complexity to have a high skill ceiling, but very easy to get into and very lo- easy to learn. I'm sure Pete's probably been in your ear quite often, trying to get you in to play that. Yeah, and no, it looks like a really good game. Um, I'm, I've never been into the superhero stuff, so um... no, neither have I. I I don't watch any superhero movies. I know nothing about the comics. It is purely for the game mechanics. That's the only reason I've been pulled into play. Yeah, okay. There you go. 
Yeah. Who, who, who <laughs> got then, you in, Corey? <laughs> uh, no, oh, yeah, Corey and Morgan. Uh, Morgan is the current two-time like TTS champion. Okay, yeah, um, cool. So I brought him on to interview him because he just joined Simple Math and I thought it'd be interesting to chat to someone. Um, and he was like, oh, we have TTS games where they're streamed and people commentate on them and stuff like that. Oh, wow. So there's a full-on, yeah, there's a full-on setup for them and everything. And I'm like, that's crazy. And then I was learning about the rules and I'm like, this seems really interesting. I'm not interested in the superheroes, but interested in the mechanics behind the game. Yep. Played one game, was instantly hooked. And I've, now I've um, been... I've heard that before from other people. Yeah. yeah. I've been half arsing Age of Sigma 3 and I, it hurts me. And my, my brain doesn't like half arsing things. So I'm on the fence for both games and it's starting to get to me of playing both games sort of half arsed. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you, man. Um, I absolutely loved AOS 2. I, I wish we could go back to that, that edition. Um, didn't mind the last edition, but this current one, I'm not. I'm definitely not in love with it as much as I used to be. Um, which mm-hmm. I'm definitely struggling with. It's a bit of an existential crisis. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I definitely feel you there. <laughs> I'm the same point. Um, it's, it's rough because you want to keep playing it because you've got all the models and you love the game and love the community. But then the game at the same time gets very frustrating and annoys you and things just feel not right. <laughs> yeah, I get you. It's, um, I, that's what I mean. I've, I've been enjoying the, the downtime in the scene, just playing. Fuck around, beer hammer, casual game. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, yep. I think we're doing a. We're just gonna meet up on Friday. This is we're doing this on Wednesday. Meet up on Friday for um, for beer hammer. Gonna do some doubles, throw a thousand points at each other. Maybe play a forty k yeah, game in there nice. or something. So um, I've definitely yep. been enjoying just the more casual side of the game lately. It's been good. Yep, and I see you've been obviously painting a lot of armies as well. So you get that sort of relaxation. Uh, sort of out of your system as well with playing, with painting all the models up and stuff like that. Yeah, it's my it's my my de stress time for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said before, I live on a farm, so pretty physical during the day. So it's nice, just a yeah. nice to sit down, relax, pull out a paintbrush, and um, good thinking time, and and do a bit of painting. Yeah, good de stress time. So I'll, I'll always yeah. do that part of it for sure. So I absolutely adore the AOS models; they're the best best in any game, hands down. Oh, they're beautiful. Yeah. Have you, when you sort of paint your models up, do you have a, do you have a bit of conversion with your models? Do you sort of like them straight out of the, the box art or what's sort of your your downtime hobby? I used to do a lot of converting. So my slaves army are sort of my big conversion army. So I put a lot of work into converting a lot of those models. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm really proud of my war shrine. It's based on a dock, uh, Cauldron of Blood. And then I've added Ooh, nice. bits and pieces from every chaos got on it. So I've got a, I've got a couple of, you know, blue and, Blue horrors and brimstone horrors and a pink horror floating around on there and the demonette and the and the reaver holding a corn flag and and um, oh cool all these sorts, yeah. of, sorts of bobs and bits and cut all chunks and bits off it and I've got some chaos hounds actually with chains attached to the front of the the cauldron pulling it along um, yeah so I put a lot of time into sort of my slaves army but um, like I've built and painted so many models by this point it's just <laughs> to the stage where build. Spray, dry brush, edge highlight, technical paint done. Yep. <laughs> Got to get so many done. It's just to that point now where I just don't care as much, which is a little bit sad. But I'm, I've accepted. I'm happy that I can just paint to the standard, mm-hmm. and I'm happy that I'm still just painting. You know, and I don't care so much that it has to be perfect. So in some ways, that's that's yep. good as well. Yep. And do you plan out sort of your, the way you're painting your arms? Because I know your IDK army was quite um, it's quite colourful and had a lot of like pieces and bits and stuff to it all. I kind of just wing it, honestly. Uh, okay. I'll just, I'll, 
I've got a color that I really want to use. So with my IDK, there was a few teals and like light blues and that sort of thing that I always mm. really wanted an army in those colors. So I thought this is the perfect army to use those colors. So I just started to yeah. do a couple of models and I thought, yeah, this is working. And then it sort of went from there. So um, I kind of have a bit of an idea before I start, but I kind of just wing it. It kind of works. So <laughs> Yeah. And then one thing I've struggled with is trying to get armies to a competitive state maybe in grey plastic and then paint them all up and then find it doesn't work and then that model sits on the shelf. How do you deal with that when you're having to tailor your lists all the time and having to paint up models and stuff like that? Um, I'm the kind of person, I'm not sure if you're a uni kid, but I was a uni kid. So there's nothing like... I was not a uni kid. (laughs) Okay, so if if you're a uni kid, there's nothing like a deadline. So if I have no upcoming event, no upcoming tournaments, I might not even touch a brush for weeks. But the second yep. I've got an event on the horizon or I've bought a ticket, I know what I want to take. I will just be putting in like half a dozen, 10 hours a day into that army, absolutely smash it out because I've got that deadline approaching that I know about and I, it has to be done by then. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I work really well to a deadline. So um, it's kind of good going to so many tournaments because I get so much <laughs> so much done <laughs> because I've got to get it done. So. <laughs> yeah. So I see you you love that stress thing because I feel like every tournament you've been to, you've had a different army. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, like I said, I kind of get bored. So I was like, okay, I've done that now. I'm time for something different. So I'll rip something else out. And it's a good challenge. It's really um, a yep. good mental challenge to adjust and, and play a different type of army because I do play a lot of different play styles armies. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a really good, good, good little bit of challenge for myself because I've done pretty well for myself over the last couple of years. Um, yep. so it's another way to ch- challenge myself and keep myself interested as well mm-hmm. well have you got any sort of tournaments on the horizon that we can see you at um, my next one is until um, October long weekend so got a bit okay. of a lull um, I am a um, bit of a shout out I am hosting my own tournament um, with a couple of local boys here in Bathurst Bathurst GT yep um, okay so I'm not really I, you know it's not really something I ever thought I'd do or was, was interested in hosting an event um, mm-hmm. but I just thought there was a hole in the calendar. There wasn't much happening, and I feel like I should give back a little bit to the community for all the events everyone else has hosted for all of us. Um, yep. I'm sort of looking at it that way, and I was probably just going to do it the one year and then hand it off to the local boy because they're, uh, a lot of the local guys are really keen, really getting into the game, but they're still pretty fresh, so they weren't really at the um, you know, position or understanding it to be able to host, host an event, so... Um, my thinking is I'll, I'll run it this year. I'll step up this year. I'll run it this year. Take them with me on the journey, and then hopefully next year another mm-hmm. one, will, another person will step up and say I'll do it next year, and then I can yep. then I can chill. So um, I'm enjoying the challenges. Um, nice. Not enjoying just grinding out terrain. I want to get back to painting models. But, <laughs> I saw you painting that terrain up. I'm like, oh, what's he doing there? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, any opportunity I get at the moment, I've got to got to put the paintbrush on terrain. So um, yeah, yeah, it's a different sort of experience and. It comes with a lot of its own stresses, but um, hopefully on the day it'll be be worth it. It'll be rewarding. And so that is that a doubles tournament? No, this is just a singles one. This one, I know, I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, breaking my own rule. Should be a doubles one, but um, <laughs> it's our first one. You know, we're borrowing quite a lot of terrain for it. Um, a lot of the local boys are pitching in their own terrain. So start small. Um, all the money from this event's being invested back into buying, you know, boards, that terrain. So one, yep. once we get that down, and then we can start to expand and and uh, you know, get more people coming. Hopefully, the years to come, then we'll be able to run a doubles event or something like that. We've got enough of um, yeah, our own sort of tournament terrain and whatever yeah. else. Yeah. 
What sort of size are you looking at running? It's be 40, this one. Okay. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice to extend it up to 60 or 80 and then have a doubles of, double or teams event where we can have yeah, 40, 40 people or 40 pairs or, or 20 teams for doubles after for a team's event. So yep. yeah, starting starting small for 40 people and hopefully build build as we go. Oh, awesome. Well, that's a good sort of stepping stone, I suppose, for your community there as well to, to boost up the Bathurst scene as well. Yeah, well, it's it's Bathurst's first um first Age of Sigma sort of two day event BT, so yeah, um, that's pretty exciting. Um, Bathurst used to host a forty k event uh, a number of years ago, but nothing really happened here for quite some time. So, um, okay. yeah, sort of moved here in October last year, and and love the local community we've got here. A bunch of really amazing, awesome guys. Um, we all get on really well. So, hopefully, yeah, we can sort of run these events, and hopefully, some more local people will jump in, and we can yeah, keep growing the scene. Oh, beautiful. And that, is that through Sigma Central or are you doing it through your own sort of system? Um, when I started doing this, it was sort of just before Dave had Sigma Central ready. Okay. So um, definitely in the years to come, probably use Sigma Central, but we've done it ourselves this year. Yeah. Um, and I'm lucky enough that my partner, um, she's a graphic designer. So oh, she nice. she threw the pack together in like half an hour and it looks yeah. incredible. It's like, <laughs> it could have taken me two weeks and it wouldn't have looked half as good as this. So yeah. I was pretty lucky there. Yeah. Have you have you found sort of trying to organise all the stuff for the tournament? Uh, very full on. Um, okay. A lot of a lot of uh, time and hours um, between finding a venue, you know, sorting out people, tickets, people pulling out, you know, contacting the wait list, chasing up terrain, chasing up swag. It's 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 a lo- it's quite involved and a lot more than what you probably think. Um, mm-hmm. Setting out. Um, but it's one of those things. And once I've done it once, and we've we've done it once now. Hopefully, next year's will be like, okay. We know how to do this, or we've already got this, and it should get pretty smooth. Hopefully, as as the years go by. Yeah. But it's um, it's I definitely recommend if it's your first time, make sure you've got the time available to do it because it does take up <laughs> a large amount of your time. Um, that's before even worrying about getting your terrain and your mats and your boards ready. So that's yeah, that's a yeah, lot as well. So all, all the back end stuff, I think, is where all that time and investment goes into because it needs to be smooth on the day. All the train stuff you can figure out probably later on, but if you haven't got a good setup for that basis there, then it's just going to fall apart on you. Absolutely. So you, yep. you need a big time investment at the start there and it probably it makes it a bit easier maybe for the end part as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you just got to make sure you've got the time to be able to put into it to make it you know, a, a good yep. event because you, you, you want to put on a good event. You don't want to be rushed or, you know, if we'll be in that event where the terrain's been pretty average or doesn't feel like yeah. it's, it's it's yeah it's really the time and effort's been put into it so you obviously you've, you've had that that's why i wanted to run this one because i've had that experience where some of the mm-hmm. other local boys might not have so they're not quite there yet so I've, I've seen what a good and a bad tournament looks like so i know what needs to go into it so yeah definitely yep oh beautiful i was gonna ask what next what's next for joel but it seems like they're organizing a tournaments on the horizon then is there anything else you've got in the works yes i got that um i'm like like touched on a few times i'm not in love with the game at the moment so i've been trying to press mm-hmm. the local boys to get some games of uh star wars legion which um i absolutely uh, love star wars legion um okay and i, I do enjoy my my 40k orcs that's probably my my best painted army i'd say so um yep. it's more I, I more enjoy the narrative games of, of 40k so playing like open war if, if people know what that is it's it's the you, you flip cards and it twists the game as you play so it's you know it's not oh it's okay not i did not know game. about this it's not a super competitive cool. game, yeah. but it's 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 quite narrative and and um and I I enjoy playing those games, so hoping to get a few mm-hmm. more of those in. But um yeah, off to a Maitland tournament, end of uh, start of October. 
and then hoping for Runax yep. in uh, Morgana Bushbash uh, ben, down in Bendigo mid-October and hoping to get a ticket for Runax in November and come up and visit you oh, guys. Very yeah. nice. Yeah, beautiful. It would be great to have you up here, that's for sure. Do you think, have you been in a Queensland tournament yet? Um, same as Pete. We we bought tickets for that Brisbane and then oh, and okay. COVID said yeah. no. So. Yeah, okay. Seems to be a lot of uh, people's issues with COVID, <laughs> surprisingly. Yeah. Well, not surprising at all. <laughs> I think um, it's sort of happened that way because obviously we want to travel together as a group and, and that sort of thought yep. we'd all said, okay, we can commit to this and, and we're ready for it. And um, yeah, obviously things happen. So um, I don't think many yep. of us down, I'm not in Victoria anymore, but I was and um, a lot of us Vicks been wanting to get up for a while. So hopefully it'll be Runax for us this time and maybe we'll start traveling up to Brisbane in years to come. Mm-hmm. And will we see, be seeing Joel um, in the Australian team at all? Seems you seem to be much a, a big proponent for teams. Well, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. I haven't announced okay. the team yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you put in a bid to play in the team then? I did, yeah. See how we go. Yeah. Okay. It's, yep, um, sweet. It's obviously, it's, it's, it's quite a large trip for us over here in Australia to get all the way yeah. over there. It's the Netherlands next year, so um, quite a big expensive trip. So if I, if I go, it'll be a one-off for me, but it's definitely... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I never thought I'd have the opportunity to represent my country. So if I'm lucky enough to uh, get off with a spot, I'd love to go. Yeah, it seems like great, uh, great experience. After speaking with Sam, he's like, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and he absolutely loved it. Um, so I don't think you, you'll regret putting your name down, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, same sort of thing. I had a bit of a chat to Sam and a few of the other guys about it, and um, yeah, yeah. definitely something I'd, I'd love to have a crack at. So we'll see how we go. Oh, did, um, did you put your name in or...? No, I didn't put my name in. <laughs> Maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right. Yeah, I've definitely. I think I've fallen out of the game at the moment, and I don't have the time or the energy. I think to to put it in to go to teams next year. Okay, um, yeah. but possibly in the future. Yeah. Yeah, maybe when the um, edition swings back around and things change a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it suits my play style more. <laughs> when the old old bloke comes back around, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When the hordes are actually well and truly out, because I know how to play a good horde fast, that's about it. <laughs> you don't... It's been such a long time. I'd love to see some hordes back on the table. Like I said, as long as you can play it quick enough, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was my biggest worry. Everyone was like, oh, it's going to be hordes. So the best way to counter hordes was to throw down a chess cock. <laughs> um, but that didn't seem to be the way where you didn't need to lean that way at all, which was uh, interesting, I suppose. All those, um, all those Twitter hot takes uh, that um, happened when the edition yeah. um, dropped, they haven't, they haven't uh, <laughs> panned out so well. The old bounty hunters are going to ruin the game and yeah. you're going to need chess clocks for everyone, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, funny how that happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's gone back to the way it was before. Right. <laughs> Who would have guessed? I, I did have one fan question I wanted to ask you. Oh, God. Uh, so it comes from Josh Griffiths. Oh, jeez. Yep. <laughs> What's it like having a couple of good-looking roosters like myself and Lawzo as clubmates? Is it intimidating? <laughs> oh, absolutely intimidating, mate. Um, there's strapping boys from Orange, and um, and they put the rest of us to shame. Um, <laughs> I've never met a looser bloke than Josh Griffiths. He's, if you ever get a chance to have a beer and a sit down with Josh, um, take the opportunity because uh, his oh, story definitely will have to. blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> he seems like a quite an interesting sort of guy. I'd love to uh, catch up with a beer from that's for sure. Would you even do shout-outs or anything you want to leave the fans with for the rest of the show here? Um, just shout-out to you, Sam. Thanks for having me on, mate. Thank and, you. Um, and even though, you know, as you said, you've, you've fallen out of love with the game, you're still putting in um, – you, mate, you grind out these podcasts like nothing oh, else. Oh, I so. love it. I actually really love doing the podcast, <laughs> eh? I mean, like, yeah, cool. even though I'm not enjoying the game as much, I definitely love having people on and learning about new people and people that I've not met but sort of seen adjacent in tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah, cool. No, it's um, 
It definitely doesn't seem to be as much AOS content these days as they used to be. It seems to be pretty no. pretty sparse. So um, um, thank you to you, and I'm glad you're still doing the podcast. Thank you. Um, shout out to the local Crutchhammer boys, to so that sort of uh, my new gaming, gaming club that I've joined in with the local boys um, since I moved up to Bathurst in October. So okay. shout out to all the Crutchhammer boys. Um, shout out Pete Atkinson for being a legend. <laughs> um, shout out my Miss O for putting up with me and letting me travel to tournaments all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome, Ali. Oh, That's about it, but thanks for having me on. No worries. Thanks, Joel. Thanks. It's been a great episode. Loved having you on. It's good to chat to sort of someone that represents the scene as like a, an awesome gamer and someone that's very welcoming to the scene. So it's always great to have people like that on the show. Oh, fantastic. No, thanks, Sam. Much appreciated, mate. Thank you for listening to Unidentified Wargamer. You can find links for the guests located in the description. You can find the show on Twitter at U underscore Wargamer. And I will see you next week.